Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorinda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, and The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. Now, as you can tell from my voice and my nasaled sound, <clears throat> that I am still uh, battling with the, 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 the flu, the flu that shall remain unnamed. I've been in bed a lot lately. I have been referring to this season as a season of forced stillness. And, um, you know, I know this might be shocking to you, but I'm not all that good at it. However, I am learning to yield. Um, And one of the things the Lord's been teaching me is that contentment is finding deep satisfaction in the will of God. And clearly, this is the will of God for me right now to be in a place of forced stillness. And so I've been praying a lot. I've been uh, just being still a lot, having a lot of um, just quiet and solitude. And I'm sure that probably sounds fantastic to you. (laughs) Um, You're busy with kids and, you know, there's a lot of noise in the house. I know exactly what that's like. Um, And you probably would maybe even give some money to have a little solitude. But, um, you know, we each have our duties in front of us and your duties are good duties. They are what God has placed in front of you. And my duties are good duties, what God has placed in front of me. And, you know, he's always working. He's always sanctifying us. He's always, you know, doing a work in us. The question is, are we going to cooperate with that work or are we going to fight him on it? And I often, honestly, lately have found myself fighting him. And so I've had to just repent and um, just, you know, ask forgiveness for not embracing the, the, um, the season that God has me in right now. And so, um, how about this? I'll pray for you and you can pray for me. (laughs) Um, what that also reminds me of the brand new platform that we are creating right now. We are in the midst of putting it together and it is going to be so fantastic. It is a community for moms who want, number one, to have a mentor, to interact with them, to um, to just walk alongside of you in this season of motherhood. And I um, want to be that mentor to you. And so... I can do that at this platform. I also have about a dozen other moms that I have been mentoring for a couple of years, and they also will be present to come alongside and to encourage and uplift and inspire and challenge you. Um, This community is called Simply Unhurried Community, and it'll be on Mighty Networks. Like I said, it's not live yet, so if you ask to join, I won't be able to let you in yet. So, uh, but I will keep you posted as to when that's going to happen. There's going to be all kinds of great content there, live Q and A's. My husband and I are going to do date nights. You can bring your husbands for like a live Zoom call and you can ask questions and we'll just provide as much encouragement as we can. 
for you and your marriage. Um, I'm going to have a place where I'm going to be doing read alouds for your kids. You guys, this is just going to be such a great place and such a great community of moms. That's the other thing that you never want to underestimate is having all of these other moms who are present as well to encourage and to come alongside of you and 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 alongside of each other and um, just have that fellowship. You know what we're, we're really needing right now? We are needing connection, real connection. And that is the mission and the goal of this community is connection. I want to provide a place for connection. So I will keep you posted as to when that's going to be coming out. I'm hoping for right around the beginning of May. So um, it might make a great Mother's Day gift for y'all. And here's the thing. It is a membership site, so you do have to pay a little bit to be part of it, but it's 10 bucks a month, $9.99. That's it. You know, I I wanted just about any mom to be able to afford that. And, you know, if you just say, I can't do that, that's not in my budget. I have got over 300 podcast episodes that you can go and find mentoring and encouragement there. You can subscribe to my website and I do a once a month live Q&A with my subscribers there. So um, we have options for you, but I think you would really benefit from and really be encouraged by this community. So we're looking forward to opening that up and uh, hopefully seeing you there. Today, I want to talk about discipling, discipling, (laughs) discipling our children using more traditional methods. So it was really hard to actually to title this because... You know, when we talk about discipleship, and I do often, um, the one thing I always say is we have to live it out alongside of our kids. And that is absolutely true. Um, We model it for our kids. That is one of the most powerful testimonies to our children of God's faithfulness that he is who he says he is, is by watching us walk it out. However, when we're discipling someone, we also need to have certain practices and disciplines that help to instill God's word and his ways into our children. In Deuteronomy 6, it says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Do you see there's practice in here? There are practices that are happening. The word of God is up on the walls Um God's principles and word are being talked about when we sit down and when we rise up and when we go along the road. So essentially, this is a kind of just weaved in throughout our everyday life. Um, You know, one of the things that I think can be really deceiving is that our culture often gives the impression that if something is new, that it's better. That if something is old, you know, or traditional, that it is somehow less than. And that really is 
a lie from the enemy. You know, there's a verse in Jeremiah 6, verse 16 that says, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. And you know, over the last about 18 years or so, maybe 20 years, I have really uh, come into a new appreciation for a more traditional approach um, to worship and um, a more traditional approach in discipling our children. That doesn't mean we can't do other things, but what I mean, you're probably wondering, okay, what is she talking about? What does she mean a traditional approach? Essentially today, what I'm going to talk about is catechism and hymns. Those are kind of like my main features today. Now, um, I'm not Catholic, um, but if if you are familiar at all with church history, you will probably be familiar with the fact that there are certain um, confessions of faith that were written years ago, the Westminster Confession of Faith, the uh, Geneva Convention. Confession of Faith, the um, Heidelberg Confession of Faith, and what was uh, they were attempting to do? The church forefathers were attempting to do in this was to basically take principles that are taught and weaved throughout Scripture and bring them into um, into statements. So basically, summarizing all of Scripture in terms of doctrine um, in in, in these statements, in these um, confessions of faith. And so they're very, very valuable. But one of the things that I um, really appreciate is that somebody has gone through and taken these things and made the, adapted them for children. Now, Charles Spurgeon did this for his own congregation, which was really interesting because what he had to say about it was this. He said, for my part, I am more and more persuaded that the study of a good scriptural catechism is of infinite value to our children, and I shall see that it is reprinted as cheaply as possible for your use. Even if the youngsters do not understand all the questions and answers in the Westminster Assembly's catechism, yet abiding in their memories, it will be of infinite service when the time of understanding comes to have those very excellent, wise, and judicious definitions of the things of God. And so what he's saying here is it is worthwhile to invest these questions and answers into our children possibly before they even fully, definitely before they have a full grasp or understanding of the depth of the meaning of them. So what I mean by a catechism, you know, first of all, we know that a lot of people have kind of been turned off by the word catechism, Um, kind of associated it with cold religion and um, very strict Catholic schools. But there is a whole goldmine when it comes to catechisms. Um, The history around catechisms is much richer and far more meaningful than you might think. And it's, it's a worthwhile little like study to to just learn a little bit more about the history of those. But because I'm still struggling with keeping my voice uh, because of this flu, this unnamed flu that I'm still struggling with, I'm going to try to keep this as brief as possible. And I'm going to let you run with the um, idea of 
uh, doing a little study of your own on the history of catechism. But to catechize basically means to instruct orally by means of questions and answers, especially in doctrine. And it's, it's interesting because um, I found a couple of different catechisms for young children, which I used, um, one in particular for our kids um, while they were growing up. And, but there's a couple of versions. There's one without the scripture added, and there's one with the scripture. I like the one with the scripture because, you know, a lot of us, like, we know the answer to this question. First question in the children's catechism, who created you? God created me. Okay. And then the, then there's a, a reference, Genesis one twenty seven, to tell us why biblically the answer to that question is what it is, that God created all things. It says here, so God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. Yes, these are very, very, very basic things. But I love that our kids will just, as we go over these questions and answers, it's just going to become like um, like breathing to them. And what that does is it, it, I believe it does what the scripture says to do, impress these commandments, impressing God's word and his principles and the truth of who he is on the hearts of our children. And that is really what we want to do. We want to invite our kids into the experience of being in right relationship with God. So knowing who he is, is foundational to that, right? Um, so that question tells us who God is. He's a creator and he created us. Okay. So we want to invite our kids into this experience of being in a right relationship with God, having a biblical worldview and a biblical perspective on who he is. And we want to start that as young as possible. I'm not suggesting doing the questions and answers while the baby's in the womb, obviously. But boy, we can start reading scripture to them in the womb, playing worship, specifically hymns. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, But we can be doing that while they're still in the womb. There's this really sweet little... um, very soft stuffed animal called Huggy Hymns. And you can find them on Instagram, but it's a um, homeschooling mom who owns this company. And she sent me one of these for my, uh, to give to one of my grandkids and it plays several hymns on it. And it's just the sweetest thing. So if you have an opportunity to check that out or you want to get something like that, um, just go to that Huggy Hymns and uh, it's just the sweetest. And like I said, it's really, really soft and there's an off button. <laughs> Even better, right? <laughs> Love that. Um, so basically, we want to start at a very young age. Now, when it comes to this, the children's scripture catechism, boy, you can start that at, as soon as they're starting to talk, you know, we can they can learn to say these questions or answer these questions. They can memorize them. The second question is, what else did God create? So the first question is, who created you? God created me. The second question, what else did God create? God created all things. And that's based on Ephesians 3, 9. Third question, why did God create you and all things? The answer, to the praise of his glory, Ephesians 1, 12. Number four, how can you glorify God? 
answer by loving him and keeping his commandments, Deuteronomy 10, 12. So you can see where you can go with this. Just the kids can memorize the answers for now, not really fully understand the depth of them, but just like when we're homeschooling and we're giving them exposure, 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 and experiences, and then all of a sudden the dots connect at the right time, the time when God is doing the work in their hearts. And we want to invest. We want to sow those seeds so that when the time comes, all those connectors are going to connect. So I'm going to include the link to the children's scripture catechism, the catechism for young children, which doesn't include the scripture. Um, there's also There will also be a link. There's an app, actually, that you can... Um, go and use as part of a catechism. Sometimes adults do catechism themselves. I, I loved being able to do this alongside of my kids because even though I know some of these answers, I wouldn't have come up, been able to come up with such a simple response to those questions. And I loved being able to look up the scriptures, maybe even use the, the questions and answers for copy work or the scripture for copy work. You know, the sky's the limit on how you can use this. But I wanted to share it with you today because like I said before, I have really come to appreciate a more traditional approach to some of these things. Um, and really, I think the older I get, the more I realize there is nothing new under the sun and that, you know, tr staying on the cutting edge or the trend or whatever that's going on, even, even amongst Christians with how we're going to teach our kids the Bible. And there's always new, you know, new devotionals coming out for kids, new this, new that, and they can be wonderful. And I, you know, if you're using one right now and you're loving it, oh my goodness, don't fix what isn't broken. But there is something so sweet about this simple and unhurried approach to teaching our kids the truths of God's word. I guess that's what I love about it. Simple and unhurried. Um, it, it allows room for questions. I think that's the other thing. When, when it's not, when what we're teaching our kids isn't so jam-packed, full of information, we are leaving room for them to maybe contemplate, um, to sit and think about what it, that simple phrase, God created me, or God created all things, or, you know, why did God create you in all things? To the praise of his glory. Wow, what does that actually mean? To the praise of his glory. So, it, it allows that room for, like I said, for contemplation, for questions to be asked. And, um, and it's just a beautiful thing. I have found it a beautiful thing to do alongside of my children. And so I wanted to share that with you. And then I also wanted to share um, with you um, just my heart for hymns. Um, I don't know if any of you have heard of that book called um, oh my goodness, now it's escaped me. I know the author is Robert Morgan. And essentially what it is, is um, a book that has all these, all the hymns, all, not every single hymn, but you know, kind of more the well-known hymns, the solid hymns that have stood the test of time. But he includes a brief history with each hymn. I remember what it is. Then sings my soul. I will try to leave that in the show notes, um, then sings 
my soul. And that's a really, really interesting um, book because what happens is you get to find out the circumstances that the author was writing the, um, the hymn. And boy, that just, it's like looking at a black and white picture versus a color picture. And it really just fills in and adds all this color and shading to the words, to the songs. It's, it's amazing. So I would highly recommend that one, if not even for your children, for yourself. Um, but I know that a lot of people, I know I did for years. I thought hymns, oh, they're so boring. And, you know, the wording isn't easy for kids to always understand. No, it's not. But you know what? It's okay for our kids, again, to not fully understand the depths of what's being said, but to have it imprinted in their hearts. Because, you know, I know that for me, a lot of times now I grew up in a church where hymns were sung and then kind of got away from churches that sung hymns and then just went back around to it because I found just this anchoring for my soul because the hymns teach biblical values through poetry and music. And I, you know, I tend to stick to the hymns that have stood the test of time because not every single hymn is worth memorizing and some aren't even biblical. But what I'm going to do is include um, a Spotify playlist to our church. I shared this actually on Instagram last week um, because there was just a simplicity. There is a simplicity to our worship. We we actually worship in a barn <laughs> because we don't have a building. And it has been the sweetest experience just to be there with the animals. They're not in the barn. They're outside the barn. But literally the rooster gives the call to worship. And it is just... There's something so wholesome about the whole thing and just kind of back to basics. And I love it. So I shared my uh, what our pastor shared about our simple worship. And I'll share that also in the, the show notes as well. So you can read what he had to say. But we also have a playlist and most of the songs are those solid hymns that teach biblical values and God's word uh, maybe worded differently, but definitely um, a biblical worldview. A lot of them are related to, you know, difficult times and who God is in those difficult times and who we are in those difficult times. And I know for myself, I have, when I have just been struggling, I can remember these hymns, the words to these hymns, because they're so emblazoned on my mind from singing them week after week after week. And they have brought such comfort and encouragement to me as an adult. And I wanted that for my kids as well. Because there's going, there are going to be times in our kids' lives when they cannot maybe even think of a verse at the moment, you know, but a song will resonate with their hearts or they'll be driving along. This has happened to me and I'll see a phrase or something that reminds me of a hymn and I'll just start like humming the hymn in my heart and just being encouraged in that moment um, all because that was impressed on me at a very early age. So I'm just going to share one hymn with you. Um, Maybe you're not familiar with hymns. Maybe you've never really gone there. I just want to encourage you to mine the richness that you can find the rich, not just church history, but biblical principles and and perspective that you can find in hymns. 
Okay, so I'm going to read through the verses to a mighty fortress is our God. Before I do that really quickly, that's the last thing I'm going to, I'm going to uh, be doing is, is I will end, I will conclude with reading through um, these four verses to this hymn. But before I do that, I want to tell you a really quick story. I was in Massachusetts a few years ago visiting a friend, homeschooling mom, and uh, and her family. And her children were memorizing hymns at the time. They happened to be memorizing this one at the time that we were visiting. Um, they took us into Boston um, to do some sightseeing because we'd never been in Boston. You know, the history there is just unbelievable. And we landed in the oldest church in Boston. Maybe the oldest church in Massachusetts. I'm not sure. But oh my goodness, um, we got we got in there. We were able to read the history. It was all set up the way it was 400 years ago with these little cubicle things where families would sit together. And little, it was perfect actually for family worship because you had these walls all around you and you could just see where the pulpit was, but your children would be able to play on the floor without disrupting anybody. I thought it was brilliant, actually. But we were sitting there and there was a hymnal um, in this little cubicle that we were sitting in. And um, my friend's youngest daughter um, was kind of just sat up, pulled up next to me. And I said, hey, let's look up that him that you've been memorizing. And we looked up, a mighty fortress is our God. And she had it pretty much memorized. She couldn't read yet, but we went through and I put my finger on each verse and we sang, she and I, we sang through those verses together in that old, old church where I'm sure that song has sung out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And it was just such a sweet moment to have that connection, not just with Liza, but with all the people who know the Lord, who have gone before us, who are in heaven. We're going to meet them someday, but they sang these songs as well in the midst of their trials and their afflictions and the challenges that they had in their lives. And there's something so grounding about that. So I'm going to read through this, um, the words to this song, and then we'll close in prayer. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate on earth is not his equal. Verse two, did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. You ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabbath is his name. From age to age, the same, and he must win the battle. Verse three, and though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, We will not fear, for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. 
Verse four, that word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also, the body they may kill. God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the gifts that our church forefathers have left us in the way of catechisms, confessions of faith, and hymns. God, I pray for each and every mom who's listening. Lord, if there's something here that she can use, I ask that you would just stir that up in her heart. I thank you that every mom listening wants to disciple their children well. Thank you that they have hearts for their children. They have hearts for you. I just pray a blessing over each and every one for clarity of heart, clarity of mind, for an unhurried heart. Lord, I know that our hands can be busy and yet our hearts can be at rest. And I pray that for every mom listening. I pray for just a sweet spirit for her today as she disciples and raises the next generation for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.